employee project towards enhancing transitions to graduate careers for non-traditional students. Certainly I'll say just straight off and it's like I present this as a challenge which I think can be overcome. The challenge of getting um, timely and good hot information, you know, as, as Diane raised, hot as opposed to cold information on, on where a degree might bring you to or what are the type of opportunities open to you at the end of a degree I think is, is something that can be done and should be done uh, for non-traditional students. Um, Adriana has already talked a, a little about this, the placements and the internships. We do think that they are fundamental as a way to gain experience and to promote professional integration, mostly for non-traditional students, although it's quite difficult for them to do this kind of stuff. Uh, more support from career services also, we are now starting to work on that. Uh, in Portugal it's the same with disability, with people with disabilities. We have a code on uh, public, institu public institutions and also in private, but most of the people don't even know that that exists and also I think that uh, psychological factors do influence. So. I think there are a lot of things available actually for student support if they know about it and if they have time and can make the effort to, to make it. And uh, that is pro problematic with the career counselling services, for example, in Sweden. We, Stockholm University has 70,000 students and every activity they've got they have about 30 to 50 persons participating. So you can see the gap from who is really what is offering and who is attending to it. Uh, internship is, is very important. Uh, in Sweden we also have mentorship, that students get a mentor during the last year of studies and it's not provided by the university, it is a cooperation between the student union and the labour unions, uh, which is a very good initiative and many of our students really go for that. So they get a mentor to talk to once a month during two years, probably, to get experiences of how to work it out. So that is one example of things that are available. One of the things that Adriana said yesterday that really struck me was, you know, we should talk about internships and we should talk about how to design internships, um, which will help with the trans effective transitions for non-traditional students. But we have to keep a very clear eye on the quality. Yeah, and I was just going to say that our answer to the problem was uh, the quality of that internship. If we agree, if universities and employers are agreed that they want to have a students with certain experiences, they need to be a cooperation between universities and employers to create that spaces, a learning spaces for the students, so they can not just tick the box with internship or placement, but had the proper learning opportunities and then it's valuable both for the employers and for the personal development of the students. So that was our idea, a sort of a different paradigm of the communication between universities and labour market in that bridge in between this transition between university and labour market. But I think also this new discourse or a different way of communication uh, is an important aspect here because uh, at least that was the case uh, of Poland after the crisis there was a political discourse of uh, putting the blame on the universities for producing unemployment and a huge discourse of being uh, those who demand from the employers and it's not a good uh, dialogue uh, platform so it needs to be changed uh, as a ground rule and then the real cooperation can start. One of the things that is interesting here is if it 
if it's uh, possible to gain study loans or aids when you do the internship and, or if you have to do it voluntarily or unpaid. And we have been talking about that, that a lot in the team, that for mature students, for example, that have, that have family responsibilities, it's much harder uh, to go into internship because it's unpaid. And if you have, uh, if you can sort of find a support system for, for persons to get study loans or aids or anything during that internship period, it's also easier for the university to control the, the places because then they pay for it in a way. Some of our employers and staff told us that uh, volunteering is a way of creating new work opportunities for you. On the one hand, because uh, it shows that you have certain attitude that would be interesting for the employers, and also because it provides a work experience as well as a network where you can go in the future when you finish your, your degree so that you can find a job. There's also the Commission, European Commission's own programmes, the Erasmus programme, for example, of student mobility, is a major um, enrichment. Uh, opportunity, but that's only available to certain type of student. Uh, it, it's absolutely clear that certain types of student just cannot participate in it. Another thing that I was thinking about was actually that one of the employers that I was talking to was explicitly saying we need more knowledge <coughs> on traditional students. We don't know anything about that. So I think that is also one of the really important things to create a dialogue, to also create knowledge because they are not aware of the difficulties that people are going through. Our employers uh, didn't know the mean of uh, non-traditional students, but uh, they, uh, they they said as they, they shared as that uh, mature students uh, entering uh, when entered in the enterprise with intern uh, with internships or placements are uh, normally. Uh, usually, they have uh, an opportunity to uh, progress, progress in their careers. Uh, on another sort of issue, um, and again, a sort of institutional level one, um, non-traditional students we talked to uh, were complaining, I suppose, um, that the careers fairs and the companies that come on to Warwick are the top companies. And that is not relevant to them because it would mean they'd have to move to London or wherever, um, which they can't. And what they are asking for, and I've been trying to feed it back to the career service, is that they want to see more local employers invited onto campus um, and smaller companies and the third sector, um, etc. And they feel that they, they're not getting access to those type of um, labour market access, which they would like. Um, at an institution level, though, those types of companies and sectors are not going to bring in money to work, which the top companies do. So just uh, what to add to this very interesting discussion. I, I think that uh, we should mention about the uh, university staff. So if you want to uh, promote uh, those changes or those kind of thinking about uh, non-traditional students, 
So, um, and about uh, this kind of cooperation with uh, employers. So, I think uh, the university staff uh, needs also a lot of work um, to, um, to know what does it mean uh, the workplace. Because um, as academics, we know a lot about university as a workplace, but we do not nothing sometimes about, uh, for instance, school or you know another enterprises as a workplace. So if we want to change the attitudes of students, so maybe first we should change the attitudes of staff, academic staff. Now in Sweden, we as a staff we know quite a lot about non-traditional students because they are a part of a of a picture. Uh, so we, we, we meet them together with traditional students at the same time. Uh, so I think that employers are, are in this case crucial to know what problems non-traditional students are facing. It's, uh, it depends on the university culture, I think. Yes. This is the differences between Polish and Swedish universities. Yeah. It's a global mm. difference. Uh, from from the previous uh, discussion, I think uh, sorry to, to stress the richness of the, the diversity of situations, context, institu institutional context, disparity uh, inside the Europe, the the different very different profiles of non-traditional students, and even the evolving evolving situation of these profiles in a. Uh, changing uh, society and uh, uh, changing higher education institutions. We need to pay attention to this uh, diversity and plurality to promote uh, more uh, adapted uh, uh, situations in relation to the transition to the labor market. And in the second hand, uh, uh, in the second uh, uh, moment, uh, to uh, how to think uh, in the a moment after finishing uh, the project, how to promote collaboration, to promote networking in relation to the key issues of the project in a, a sustainable way. I just wanted to, you know, to get some pieces out of the conversation that went on. I don't think we, we, we took an emphasis on the role of policy. And when it comes the structural problems, which of course affect the lives of non-traditional students, that is of major importance. Yeah. I think John, you know, had this intervention which he separated a little bit the countries who were most affected by the economic crisis. And for instance, if you look at Portugal and Spain, the levels of precarity who are in the increase are a response, the possible response to the crisis. That is. For most enterprises who only tried to survive during the period of crisis, precarity was a national, a, a kind of a natural consequence. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can only fight precarity from a structural level from policy, and, and that again is beyond our reach here in, in, in our project. But I think it's our duty to to make the point that policy is absolutely fundamental to us. The second point I would like to, to, to talk a little bit is, again, one thing that John kind of raised, which is 
In most of the solutions that we have pointed out, I mean, uh, how can you solve the major challenges that non-traditional students are suffering from? Non-traditional students are not in the same position. I mean, actually, they are disadvantages. I mean, for instance, take the, the, the internship or placements uh, problem. Of course, internships and placements are very, very good as transitional spaces and the opportunity for graduates or uh, students to learn the culture of work, of being able to show themselves to employers and maybe later on to have a job, so that's amazing. But from starters, for instance, mature students, most of the times cannot afford to make internships. They also have, I mean, they entered university already as workers, as non-qualified workers, and it's very hard for them just to let go. They have bills to pay in the end of the month, and they cannot afford to leave that non-qualified job to have an internship <laughs> in a totally different branch of work and so on. Uh, the same thing, for instance, with, with career services. I think that career services have to be pretty well organized. I know that's a Portuguese problem, but mostly they have to be sensible, sensitive to the differences between the very heterogeneous uh, non-traditional groups that they are working with. I mean, if those professionals do not understand that the student with disability, that mature students, that women in some contexts or men in others do have different problems and do find the, uh, different solutions to help them, then, then career services cannot <coughs> help non-traditional students, which is, of course, um, I believe already. This and a third note, and then I, 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 I'll no, shut sure. up. <laughs> which is uh, uh, another thing which was raised by Adriana. I think most important thing on the relationships between uh, higher education institutions and employers. Uh, of course, that's fundamental. We've got to create this dialogue, but it's not a very easy dialogue in a time where everybody sees higher education institutes as a kind of a, you know, uh, they are, we are guilty of everything. Uh, and, and, and this has to be changed because it causes reactions, I mean, among lecturers and academic staff and so on. Just to give you an example, um, there are some employers who only come to the university to say, you need to create this degree on very specific needs that we have. And lecturers say, we won't do it because your needs would be different in three years period. Yeah. And it's rubbish to have created a new degree on whatever you need. And, and then we are, again, sending people to unemployment because in three year time or six or year time, your needs would be different. And we are not at the service of the labor market. So one very important thing is to have that dialogue, but to have the clear notion that we are not employment uh, centers or we, we are not necessarily at the service of the floating and very dynamic needs of the employers. So this line has to exist in some place. So the dialogue that Adriana talked about, which is very important, have to be, has to be created with different bases. First of all, claiming for employers' responsibility. I know, and John has pointed out, and he's right, they run a business. They're in a business, especially if they are uh, private employers, of course, what can, but even so, 
they have to take some responsibility. And only from a shared responsibility, I believe, we would be able to build a good dialogue that would allow us, I mean, the universities and employers, to build something uh, uh, interesting for non-traditional students. And I guess Eliane has just pointed out that they, they didn't know the meaning of it, but it's important that they know, because now we can create something uh, yeah, based on this. Knowledge. The Employee Project is funded by the European Union through Erasmus+, and involves six partner universities from across Europe. For more information on the project, go to employ.dsw.edu.pl or follow Employ on Twitter at Employ2016.